0: what's up y'all it's our favorite day of the week and you are tuned in to another episode of the 30 girl podcast calling all queens it's time we live
1: out our dreams 30 girl, the year to 30, getting financially free and we healing the hurtin'. It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30. Loving me and all my queens, cause we know we are worthy. It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30. Getting financially free and we healing the hurtin'. It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30. Loving me.
2: An L.
0: Thank you all for tuning in to the 30 Girl Podcast. It's your girl, Keisha Joe, and tonight I have here with me my new homegirl, Nellie Nails, Life of a Radiohead on Instagram. Hey, Nellie, thank you for joining us tonight.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this.
0: Yes, I am too. And this is an Instagram connection, and um, I always talk about how You have those people who are scared to interact and socialize on Instagram, even with having a business, which is crazy to me. And then you have people like you and I who aren't afraid to mix and mingle, cross-promote and make new friends and business friends or whatever. So I do appreciate you for being, you know, a 30 girl in your own right. (laughs)
2: I'm I'm actually excited to be a 30 girl. I've been listening to your podcast. I I like what you're doing and I was yes, like, you know what? You. I got to reach out and I'm I'm not I'm perfectly okay connecting with everybody.
0: Mhm. I am the same way. I I will jump in your inbox quick like, "Hey, I like you. I want to know about you. You want to be on my podcast?" <laughs> I have no problem doing that. And, and that's, that's the amazing. way it's supposed to be. Yes, yeah. so go ahead that's- and introduce um everyone. Yeah, introduce yourself to everyone.
2: Oh, I got to make this good. This is going to be my first time introducing yes. myself to the world. So what's up, world? I'm Nellie Knows, and I'm a mental health advocate that works in corporate America during the day. And at night, I'm being a lovable, regular, duggler that is creating a platform for you and I to be able to speak candidly and openly about your life experiences that you don't really feel all the way comfortable talking to your mm-hmm. mom about with my podcast. How do I explain this shit to yes. my mom, which is coming soon, and I expect everybody to tune in. Yes,
0: I love that. So again, please say your, the name of your podcast again, because I think we've all had this moment, if not once, <laughs> at least a hundred times in our lives.
2: Well, I'm, I'm very big, like my mom and I, we, we, we are totally in sync, and a lot of people think that her and I are exactly uh-huh. the same. Um, we're, we're very different, but we have a lot of similar qualities. And I realized that there's a lot of things that I, I've spoken to my mom about, but there's a lot, whole lot of other shit that I just don't feel mm-hmm. so comfortable talking to her. Yeah. So I created, how do I explain this shit to my mom? Because I feel like if I feel this way, I'm sure everybody else feels that way too.
0: Absolutely. So um, again, let everyone know when your podcast is set to launch, where they can find it and things like that.
2: Well, you guys can find it on Instagram. How do I explain this shit to my mom? You can also follow me. I am the host, Life of Radiohead on Instagram. Right now, we are working on the production. So we're expecting just in time for the holidays or the beginning of January. Yes, and
0: I'm so excited. I love, I'm like so into podcasts now. I listen to them more than I listen to the radio. I love my music, don't get me wrong. But I'd rather wait until the album drops where I can listen to the whole album.
2: No, me too. I'm with that. I'm a big hip hop head. I'm a big music head. And to be honest, who wants to listen to the same 5 songs yes. over and over again in the radio? I'd rather listen to somebody that got time yes. to that. Yes, and all
0: those boring commercials. Nobody has time for that. Exactly.
2: Um, <laughs> w- did you did you hear the commercial with the one with uh,
0: Auto, Auto Giant? Auto Giant. Manila- oh girl, that I'm is so annoying. <laughs> that is so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> So if you're in the DMV Every time I area, go over yeah, there, I'm like, in, in Manassas. Manassas. Temple Hills, <laughs> in Manassas. So if you're from the DMV and you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, you absolutely. 93.9 or um, 95.5. I think we had a little. You always yeah. listen into that and you
2: hear it all day yes, every day.
0: Yes, it's crazy. I
2: mean, it's doing its job, though. It's
0: doing its job. Yes. So talk a little bit more about, um, because you're not from the DMV, right? You have this kind of New York twang. You got that Bronx talk to me. <laughs> sorry.
2: Uh-huh. The, the good thing is
0: that I'm not from the Bronx. and I, Oh, excuse me. Like that. <laughs> I am so sorry. You know what? I'm bad at
2: this. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My family lives
0: See, in the Bronx. I know what I'm talking about. So I'm from New York.
2: <laughs> You, you, you on it, you on it. So I'm from Washington Heights, okay. New York, really. Um, I grew I grew up there. I'm originally born and raised in Dominican Republic, actually. And my family is an immigrant family, a Dominican immigrant family that came in the early nineties, early, no, early eighties okay. um, to New York. And we settled there and I grew up here. I grew up in New York. I love it. I still go over there every mm-hmm. single month. All my friends and my family is out there, and it's just my family still lives in the projects. Like they're still pissy yeah. um, elevators, and the other day they threw a pamper from the from the from the roof. I mean, it's crazy. So that's where I come from, and it made me. Yeah, where that's I am.
0: bananas. You hear the stories. I'm from you know country southern Maryland. Things happen, but y'all go through it. <laughs> it's a lot going on up there.
2: Um, listen. <laughs> listen country maryland is also real people don't people they do they definitely
0: do i'm glad you know girl i'm glad you know
2: (laughs) i know i know lexington park waldorf i know all of that clinton i know all that stuff yes
0: you're everywhere which i love that you don't um i love people who don't mind being everywhere and having their having their hands in everything it shows a lot about um, your character and who you are. So, what motivates you? I know you said you you are in corporate America, Monday through Friday, but you are very also you also are very ambitious. So, what keeps you going?
2: Well, to be honest, I um since I was little, like I have brothers and sisters, but I grew up um, as mm-hmm. an only child, like from my mom and dad. So us growing up, like my my relationship with my parents is also like a little, it's a, it's a bit different. It's 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 a little mm-hmm. peculiar. The words that my little cousin likes to use, um, but we. I just grew up as an only child, so I needed to f- for like an outlet for me to have fun. So I used to always pretend like with my dolls, and used to write scripts, and I used to see business people because my dad is a lawyer. I used to see business people, and I used to be fascinated by them. I was like, one day I'm gonna I'm gonna look like that. And also growing up in, in the Heights and everything, it was just a little bit different because Harlem mm-hmm. is real. Um, there's a lot going on. When I was in middle school, I was 13. My my friend was pregnant. I was like, "Oh well, wow! I, like, what is yeah. this? Yeah." and I I also realized that like the boy from my eighth grade class, like, um, he threw himself off the tenth floor because he was high. Oh no! I seen all that. I seen yeah. that. Um, I used to grow up every morning and go to bed and go to go to bed and see like the same drug dealers chilling in mm-hmm. the corner, and then I would wake up to go to school and they still there. Like that was that was where I come from. Yeah. And Dominicans are usually very lively. They're very fun. They like to – it's all about the culture. It's all about being together, speaking that talk. And I realized early that I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a little yeah. different. I'm not your typical Dominican girl, even though I am diehard Dominican and I love it. But I also knew that I wanted more for myself. I also knew that, no, I don't want to be pregnant early in the game. No, I don't want to be on drugs. No, I don't want to chill out in the streets and give up my pussy right. all day. That's not what I want to do. What I wanted to do was, like, let me make something of myself because why not? And I can, and I have all these resources, and that's why my family got here. So I did it. I work very hard. I work in sales. I'm a sales trainer. Um, I teach people how to be, uh, mm-hmm. how to talk and com- conversate with other people, and do all and do all these sort of things. And I'm just like, I I, I just knew that I I needed to be yeah. better. And here
0: I am in Potomac. Yes, Maryland, chill. chilling, living your best life on radio, <laughs> yes, my best on radio life. stations and TV channels and whatnot. So I did see your big news recently on Instagram. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about that and how did it come about being as though your podcast hasn't even launched yet. So. It has yes. not
2: launched yet at all. And um to be honest, I always been very, I, I always had a lot of, a lot of friends and I always used to be in the midst. I love seeing people mm-hmm. laugh. I love seeing people connected. I love being in the midst. Like I'm the person you call when you want to go hang out. I'm the person you call when you just want to talk shit. Like I'm that person. So, with that, I've always been very authentic. I like to be mm-hmm. myself, and I feel like there's nobody like me. So why not put myself out there? Even though I still get the the you know self conscious about certain things, like you know, what if people think I'm weird? What if people think I'm different? Yeah. But then I'm just like,
0: right. fuck it.
2: This is who I am, and actually, somebody yep. and noticed, you know
0: what? I think that comes said, with age, but we'll get into that later. Age <laughs> yeah, and experience, somebody,
2: absolutely. So, yeah, because you gotta you gotta accept mm-hmm. yourself, and I and I'm 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 starting to accept who I am, and I think I I accepted it a long time ago, but now it's like okay, like I accept yeah. it, and now I'm more open about the person that I am and my personality that you know some producers at NBC noticed, and they sent they they slide into mm-hmm. the DM, and I thought it was just a dude trying to get in my in my pants, and I was just like oh this is fantastic. right I'm not gonna pay attention to it. And then they were like, no, this is my email. This is my office number. This is who I am. Like, I'm real and I'm, I'm interested in you um, taking a shot and being on the show. And I was like, I was like, what? Yes. I was super surprised. But then they were like, we need you to send a, e- a video just asking a question. And. Let's see, where we take it from there. If we like you, we're going to take you to the next level. You're going to talk to this producer. You're going to talk to yeah. that producer. And if you make it to this producer, you're in. And I was like, damn, okay, whatever. I have nothing mm-hmm. to lose. And my podcast hasn't even dropped yet. So I went in. I was myself. They loved my video. I got to the next level. Did that interview. They loved me there. Then they moved me to the next level. And next, you know, they gave me the person that was make. Yeah. The big one, and I was. Just, they were like, "Hey, I love you. Like, would you mind being on TV and for fifteen minutes and have a conversation that's honest about your relationship, about your struggles with mental health, and just be who you are? We love who you are." And I was like, "Right, no more. done.
1: Like, as
2: long <laughs> as I could be myself, you got done. it." Done. And next, thing you know, I'm recording and I'm alive. Yes,
0: that is amazing, and you're so spicy. So I can imagine how they was like, "Yes." <laughs> like yes no it was a no-brainer and I'm sure you recording that attitude, I was... um recording that <laughs> segment or whatever you had to attitude. you just have that you just have that glow it was it's no doubt it was a no-brainer so congratulations you. to you I, on that
2: I appreciate it I really do appreciate it I mean it's 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 something that I I it's it's a stepping stone because it's not what I really want to do but I will be this mm-hmm. soon and it's a stepping stone in the fact that it just got dropped on my lap and say, Hey, here you go. And I embraced yeah. it. I took it for what it was. And you so, never know who's um, listening. Once it
0: drops,
2: I, oh, yeah, who's watching once it
0: drops. I got you. You're going to be able to. Yes. Check. I can't wait. I'm excited for that. So if you aren't following Nellie nels by now, listening to this podcast, please make sure you go follow Nellie life of radio. What is it? Life of a radio
2: life of radiohead or at how do I explain how this do I explain to my, this my mama to my yes,
0: I can't wait for that I'm excited about that
2: <laughs> so I, the, the goal is to be able to get my friends mm-hmm. on board so we can discuss about all the things that we've been through and our experiences that we don't feel all the way comfortable and also to educate a lot of people yes. too. like there's uh, me coming from a Spanish ho- mm-hmm. household and um, a lot of you know, the Hispanic community can be very in- ignorant about a lot mm-hmm. of things. And it's important that, and it's time to change. And some of them are still behind in,
0: in the 1800s. In the <laughs> and it's time for us to be able to get them out of Yes, it. that is so funny you said 1800. Because I don't think uh, it's still like that. And I will, I will speak for myself. In the, in the African-American community as well, we still have our very proud um You know, mother hens who are set in their ways and are very opinionated about our lives. So, your platform will also be great for, I think, all women or anyone in general who isn't, yeah, who isn't comfortable, like you said, speaking to. What would be dope about the whole thing is if moms will listen. (laughs) Well,
2: that's that's the end Mm -hmm. game. I actually even thinking about getting my mom on the show. Um, I know a lot of other mothers like my mom has like her own little gang of homegirls and they all mothers and grandmothers yeah. and some of them are great grandmothers right now. And it's, it's, it. I want to be able to get them there. Like I'm, I'm actually friends mm-hmm. with them too. So I wouldn't mind having different mothers on, on my platform to be able to speak on a mother's yeah. perspective
0: too. Yes. That's so dope and so exciting. And the podcasting world is just taking off and expanding. Everyone I think is, I think I said this 50 million times on my podcast, but I feel like we're all in this space where we're opening up our minds and being more creative and people want that ear hustle in their ears, people talking to them more than listening to music. You can always play that at your own time, at your own leisure. Mm-hmm. So to get you focused, I think podcast is just where it's at right now. I do.
2: I love podcasting and I love the podcast community as well because everybody got something to say and everybody is it. I also feel like it's a big therapeutic as well. Like people are just being like, they're giving uh, some, their talents, they're putting it Mm -hmm. out there. They're being open and honest in a world. So yes. And people are just being open and honest. And I just respect that. I respect people's hustle and I also respect that too. I love people that too. And are. that's
0: what um, I, why I think podcasting is so amazing because even with celebrities or it could be your favorite YouTuber or podcast or whatever, you kind of have that personal connection for it from them when Absolutely. you can hear their voice and sometimes they may be sick or stuffy. I remember you saying the other day that you was like, I'm losing my voice girl, but that's like natural you, you know, that's life. You, t- you know, it's like it's it makes it more personal, personal for your brand. And it also draws in your customers and clients and it retains your your tribe. So, yes, I do. I love it. OK, so let's talk about some of your personal struggles and some things that you've overcome over the years.
1: Well, one of the things that I overco- overcame was the, the fact that me um, when I was right when I was about to turn 30 years old, I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And what happened now was that I became pregnant from a person that I was with for a couple of years. We loved each other very much, but it was a relationship that wasn't going to really go anywhere. And it's that one relationship where your parents tell you, don't get pregnant from that band.
0: Mm. And
1: that's what happened. So I ended up being pregnant. I don't know how, and because income <laughs> is a, it's a hell of a thing,
0: girl. <laughs> it's a
1: hell of a thing. And then I was pregnant, and at first, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do because I knew that my, my career was going to start taking off. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that I wanted to do different things with my life. So I was just like, do I want to be a mother right now? But then, and we made it even to the abortion clinic. Like we made it all the way over there and something, yeah, we did. And something told me to call my mother and I I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I never done this before. And I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So I was hella nervous. Mm -hmm. I go to the bathroom and something told me to call my mom. Cause she didn't even know what what the hell I was doing. So I called her and I was like, mom, I got something to tell you. And I was like, you know, beating around the bush. She's like, my mom is straight to the point. She's like, yeah, say what you got to say. Say it, spit it out. And I said it. I was like, mom, I'm pregnant. And she was like, wow, I'm so happy.
0: And I was
1: like, I'm like, you're happy? She's like, yeah, why not? You know, you're already late 20s. Why not have a baby? And I was like, no, mom, it's just a lot going on. I don't know if we're going to be okay. You know, this person doesn't have a job. Mm -hmm. It's a lot going on. And she was like, well, rice and beans will never, will never be something that we're going to go missing in the house. So your, your child is always going to have rice and beans and milk. And mm-hmm. that's something that we could always work at. So why, why are you tripping? Yeah. And I was just like, uh, you, so you're okay with this?
0: Mm-hmm. And she was
1: like, yeah, I'm okay with this. Why not? And I was, I was next. I was next to be the, on that table. And I changed my mind.
0: I that was, was like, all you hey, needed.
1: That's all I needed, and my mother, and she, I, I, she, she made me cry like a little baby in this bathroom,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: was just like, "Get yourself together." I went back in there, and I see all those women being miserable and sad, and I was just like, "Okay, I'm not one of them." And I went up to my partner, and I told him, "I was like, look, um, we're not going to do this.
0: We're, yeah.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to keep this baby," and he was like, "What?" he was like okay like he was he was put down with whatever i wanted to do
0: well, so he was cool. like
1: okay let's go and then they called my name and i was like uh, 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 and I was conflicting i was like let me just go because they were going to do the sonogram they were going to tell me what's going on with me i wanted to make sure that i was at least healthy mm-hmm. so i went ahead i sat down and the person that was doing the sonogram she fucked up and she told me oh wow this is this Okay, all right, and she's like making small talk with me, and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, I ha- I haven't seen twins today, and today I found twins, and I was like, what? And yes. she's like, oh, she's like, oh, uh, I wasn't supposed to tell you that, and I'm having twins, and she was like, there's two heartbeats, and I said, okay, wow. so one no more. I put my I put my pants back on, I put everything on, I went to the hallway, and I was super excited. Uh-huh. And he saw me super excited. He was like, what happened? Like, did we just win something or whatever? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and
1: I was like, we're having twins. And he was like, what? I'm like, we're having twins. And we're not going to do this. Yeah. And he was like, we out of here. He was like, hell yeah, let's go. We have twins. So we were so excited that we were going to have twins. And I called my mother back up. And I said, Ma, listen, are you is there going to be enough rice and beans for two? <laughs> she right. she like, what do you? She's like, "What do you mean? You want?" He's like, "Of course you're gonna get a plate." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm <laughs> having twins!" And she was like, "So happy!" Yes, the family was ecstatic. There was no twins in the family. Um, only the older generation, um, uh, mm-hmm. like my mother's uncles and my father's aunts type of thing. And they were like, "You know, twins in the family? We haven't seen that. That's great." I have 11 nieces and nephews. We're going on 13 right now, Ooh. and I'm the only one without. Um, Without any without without a child at the time. So everybody was like, yeah, finally. So when that happened, I we were I was still working. I was working in sales. So I was standing up all day and I started getting sick. I started feeling like my my belly was too heavy and it was too soon. I I wasn't even like five months in and I had like a full on belly. Like I looked like I was ready to pop someday, like quick. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. So I started like going to the doctor and the doctor was like, you know, you're going to have to take it easy. You got to go on bed rest. And at the time I was just like, okay, i got to have to leave my job earlier than I thought. But my job at the time I had a really great benefits. So I was like, I wasn't tripping and I was like, okay, let's go. So I went home. I was on bed rest. One day I, um, I was getting sick. I started getting a fever and I know that when you have a fever, you have an infection.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I remember that the I just seen the doctor two days prior. I remember the doctor told me that my service was was opening up a little bit because of how heavy the babies were already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, so she was like, if it's opening, you're at risk for infection. So she gave me fair warning.
0: And you were five kept, months at this time. I was
1: five months at the time. And at the time, you know, I felt angry because I was like, you could have probably kept me in the hospital. Yeah, you probably could have done something but you yeah, yeah you decided to send me home with this with this happening to me then two days later it was a snow, uh, like a blizzard going on in new york um i'm in the projects with my mom my mom was she didn't go to work i didn't go to work we were in the house and it was really mm-hmm. early in the morning like eight maybe or it was really early in the morning and it was snowing like crazy and i was like mom i got a fever and she was like okay okay she gave me something like something light and i was like okay we we'll, we're going to check in in a couple of hours to see if your fever goes down mm-hmm. then boom girl like i started getting worse my fever started getting even worse so i, I but i get yeah, i didn't feel sick i just had a fever hmm. it was weird
0: so i yeah. called the nurse i called the nurse or the
1: doctor and then they put me to the nurse and the nurse was like did you ever get a flu shot and I was like no I never had a flu shot and she was like oh you probably have the flu just take two Tylenols and, and in two hours check it again and, and they sent you hours, back home You, yes they did Girl. and I'm there with two, with two Tylenols a bottle of Tylenol I had like apple juice and my mom and like snacks that my mom kept like constantly checking in on me and I don't really believe, like, I believe in in spirits. I don't believe in ghosts, but I do believe in spirits.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: at the time, you know, the most influential and the most powerful and the most lovable person in my life was my grandmother. And my grandmother passed away. And I always have little snippets or little visions with my grandmother for some reason. I don't know if it's because I feel comfortable mm-hmm. with her. Or I don't know, it's because, I don't know what it is, but I always have these little snippets with my grandma, all, like, ever since she passed away. Probably even before, like, when she was still alive. And I picture my grandmother, and my grandmother was at the door just looking at me, like, feeling bad for me. And, like, she had this face that she wasn't really happy. And Uh I felt, but I felt at peace. I felt like, okay, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be straight. Like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like something was going to go down. It was going to be the worst experience of my life. Right. I, I get to, I get to the hospital. I'm still walking. Um, the only reason why I got to the hospital was because there was no cabs. There was no ambulance. It was really, really bad out there. It was because we went, my mom went to the middle of the road, trying to stop a car to take me to the hospital and nobody stopped until somebody did that was just getting dropped off in my house, like Mm -hmm. my building. And that person said, take my cab, go to the hospital. That's the only reason why I ended up and I was able to give birth in the hospital because this happened. I was yeah. five and a half months pregnant. The doctors were all looking at me like I was a lost case. And I said to them, there's going to be a miracle. So, yes, you're telling me this, but my babies are going to be okay. Right. I found out that I was having two, two little girls. I was having daughters. And mm-hmm. I was just, like, so excited about that. And I was like, I'm going to have my two little girls. I'm going to be okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And they were like, no, you're not going to be okay. We need to get your babies out right now or you're going to die. And I was just like, what? And they're like, yes, because I guess because me being so optimistic, they were like, okay, we're going to hit, we're gonna have to hit you hard with this. Yeah. Because you're not listening. And so she grabbed me, the doctor. There was like at least 13 doctors all around me. It was crazy, like an ER Mm -hmm. episode. And they were like, the doctor just grabbed me. It was like, honey, we're going to save your life. You Mm -hmm. always can have other children, but your life is our priority right now. We need to get your babies right out because they're killing you. Oh, wow. I I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you have a really bad infection. And if it's going to, co- if it continues, it's going to go to your internal organs and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And I, they induced my labor. I started pushing. My whole entire family was there through this whole thing. Um, my best friend in the whole wide world, which is, her name is D. shout out to mm-hmm. D. I I chose her to be in the room with me holding my hand. And she said, you're going to get through this. And I was in so much pain. And I knew that the babies were going to be so little, tiny, little creatures. Mm -hmm. And the doctor was like, you know, we're going to give you an epidural. I wasn't even able to take drugs. Like, I didn't feel anything. I Mm -hmm. was still in pain. And I gave birth at midnight that same day on February 8th, 2013. Um, I gave birth to Penelope. And at 3 o'clock in the morning on February 10th, I gave birth to Zoe. Zoe.
0: Oh, Aquarius babies
1: Aquarius baby just like me Yes
0: and I am too <laughs> There you go that's why we got along so Yes much.
1: <laughs> And it was the worst experience of my life Keisha I'm not going to lie to you It was
0: probably the worst experience I never I'm, would... I'm I'm sitting here with my hand over my chest like I couldn't imagine the fact that you even had to deliver like that's just yeah too much to bear in itself you know what I mean like it's just how did you cope with that after after how did you accept it or do you what where are you at now with it
1: well I started coping with it because I just always been very strong the women in my family are super strong like my grandma Mm -hmm. was strong my aunt is strong my mom is strong so I just knew that I I gotta be strong and I knew that I was going to, all these feelings came about and, you know, the, the father of my babies that he was there, mm-hmm. um, he was there for me just to be my friend, to be my support and everything. So I, I had that support from my family. My brother pretty much slept with me at, at the hospital almost every single day that I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. All my friends were very supportive. They were amazing. And I just started focusing on me getting better. I took six months off work. Mm-hmm. I started going to therapy, I spent I, I started taking medication, and then I started, like, working out, I started biking, I started doing yeah. yoga, I started doing everything possible. And I used to invite my friends to be like, hey, I'm going to go biking, you guys want to go? And mm-hmm. it started with one person that, you know, it was like 10 people riding with me because they were being supportive, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm yeah. so grateful that people were like, yo, we fuck with you. Like, you yeah, you
0: and that makes dope. a difference in, in someone's life like yeah it does it makes i had
1: a i had a a guy friend of mine his name is p i consider him my brother Mm -hmm. and he was just like whenever you feel sad just call me it doesn't matter what time of the day is it doesn't matter what i'm doing call me and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. do it for you and just knowing that i was just like wow i i i I can do anything and i also and, and that was sparked the the ambition that's mm-hmm. what sparked my creativity again because I was like, listen, I wasn't ready to be a mom at that time. You know, my boyfriend right. at the time didn't have a job. Right. I was just starting out my career and I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't know if I was going to be good at it. I don't know mm-hmm. where it's going to go, but I'm doing it. And I was just like, I was, it, it wasn't my time. And I, and, yeah. And now I can say that to you with confidence because of
0: everything else that transpired after that. Right. I, where at one time, I'm sure, because yeah. I hear these stories all the time, you may have even been beating yourself up about what yeah. you could have done differently yeah. or whatever. I did hear you say that you took medicine. So I do yeah. want you to speak about that and even go into therapy. Um, Mental health is very big right now. And I think everyone needs an out, whether it be in a spiritual way or um Therapy actually going to see a, a doctor or even having your friends or your parents. I do think that everyone deserves or should talk to someone about the you know their life and the things that are bothering them so I do do talk about um, you know how it helped you and your family's perspective and I know we did have some off conversation about family's perspective, about you going to see um, mm-hmm. doctors about your mental and you know. So talk about that. (laughs) Well,
1: when when this situation happened, um, prior to this near-death experience with me giving birth and everything, I already had a near-death experience when I turned 18 with my family you know my family comes from a domestic violence and unfortunately i was a person that was in the middle of that domestic dispute between my parents and i was Mm -hmm. the one that ended up being hurt and i ended up 12 days in the hospital reconstructive surgery in my arm Mm -hmm. like this is something that i already been through, so this is just another punch in the gut and the heart that happened to me at a later time in my life mind you this first near-death death experience happened at 18. The mm-hmm. second near-death experience happened at 29, going on 30. Right. So, it's like two different milestones in my life. And I, the doctors, I started, so I was, my mom was like, maybe you should talk to somebody, because you're you're hella angry. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I didn't, nobody could even talk to me. Um, I was depressed all the time. Um, I was either very, very high in the fact that I was just like, nothing's happening. And then I was miserable the next day. And I was just like, what the hell is wrong with me? So I went to the doctor. The doctor was like, listen, you went through some shit. You went through something that not everybody gets up and keep going. So Mm -hmm. you need to stop. You need to first embrace that. And two, let's see what is it that you have. And ends up that I am diagnosed with depression. Mm -hmm. I am diagnosed with anxiety. I am diagnosed with PTSD. And I was just like, yo, that makes sense it makes Mm -hmm. sense now i i have now i'm able to grasp on how i've been feeling because i always thought there was something wrong with me i just didn't know i didn't know if other people felt the same way Mm -hmm. i didn't know if people went about the way that i did it like you know being being with the wrong people um doing things that i'm not usually like but i grew up in a church i grew up in a mormon church Mm -hmm. as well um my father was a bishop it, it's it's the hardcore, and I they I owe them everything because they were an amazing, amazing church, amazing mm-hmm. people were there, and even though I'm not practicing anymore, they taught me a spirituality. They taught me to speak with God, and that helped me. And when the doctors was like, "Listen, I'm, you know, you're not getting any better, even though you're so doing what you're supposed to do, but you're still yeah. miserable when you're by yourself." We got to put you on medication. I started taking antidepressants and my mom was like, um, you're depressed. And I'm like, yeah, mom. Like I just, I just lost, I just lost my babies. I just went through this with with my father. Um, I just went through this with you or my friend, my
0: boyfriend or whatever, my my baby,
1: daddy, whatever. Uh, or the fuck boy that that ghosted me the other day. Like all this shit yeah. is happening to me. So she was like, um, what you need to do is you need to focus on things and watch happy movies and that's going to make you happy. And yes. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. She was yep. like, you you just need to like, just put it in the past and and just embrace
0: life. And yeah, suck it up. Suck like, it up. Go yeah, watch some suck dishes. it up. Go Get yourself games together. Games. It happens. That's what women do. We can we can take it. We can stand it. And yes. um, I, I could tell you right now that hey,
1: it's been a hell of a ride to even be here and having this conversation with you. I have never really had this candid conversation with anybody about the death of my babies in mm-hmm. a long time. And the fact that I'm able to tell you I mean, yes. exactly what I've been through, it's like, I already know this has been pff, growth, like Yes. No other.
0: Yes, and you. I mean, I do. I commend you on your strength, because I mean, I yeah. I don't understand, but I couldn't. I, I hate to say this; it sounds so like bad, but it's like I, I really couldn't imagine that happening. Not then, not now. It's just no woman is nobody no woman is ever prepared to one. And then your situation was you went back and forth. Whether should I keep it? No, I'm not going to keep it. Yes, yeah. I'm going to keep it. It's them. Yay! I'm happy. I'm excited. We're having babies. And then boom! Overnight, your life yeah. completely changed. So, yeah. was that your changing point? I always ask, like, at what stage, at what point in your life made you a thirty girl? What was the turning point for you? Where did you feel like you stepped into yourself and was like, that's it. I'm not going to be victim to my circumstances that brought me to this point what i'm going to do is do better because i know better and keep the pumping with well age or what experience was life experience so there.
1: i i Since I, like I told you, this happened to me when I was 29 years old Mm -hmm. Um, at at 28, I was already freaking out. Like what you doing with your life, what, what, what you're going to do. And then this happened and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be a mom. That's what I'm going to do. And then it was taken from me right before I turned 30. And I was just like, wow, I, I, I I was just like, I'm going to come harder. If I am going to be a mom, I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm going to be stronger I'm gonna mm-hmm. have a stable job. I'm gonna have a great environment and they're gonna be loved. So right. that was my motivation. That was my breaking point. I was like, Oh, the gloves are off. The yes. gloves are off. I'm I like I have nothing else to lose. I already've yes. been through this. Now I just gotta everybody used to tell me, Nelly, you're great, you're amazing, you should be on radio, you should do this, you should be in business, you should do that. You're just a, you're you're amazing. And I, I never really believed it until mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I should believe that I'm amazing, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for it. So I started working really hard at work. I came back to work, started mm-hmm. working really hard. I was like, you know what, I've been on this position for too long. What's next for me? So I fought for it. I mm-hmm. I had an amazing mentor that I owe her everything, and she said, Hey, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to be in a position of leadership, and if you, I, I'm gonna teach you everything, and if you do well, then the possibilities are endless. So she started teaching me the game. She started teaching me corporate America. She started Mm -hmm. teaching me how to do written communication, how to speak better, how to, how to know how to embrace different types of people and, and, and observe different behaviors Mm -hmm. and coach and develop others. I was in a position that I wasn't a year before I was in a hospital bed, miserable, and hated everybody. The next year, next year, you know, I'm in a suit doing a presentation amongst presidents of companies and vice presidents and yes. and human resource directors and training yeah. di- And I was being like, who
0: you really are. Being, being who, who I you really are.
1: am. And yeah. I embraced it. And then I work with people that are millennials, like 21 year olds, 22 year olds, people that are just getting a job. I do new hire training. So they come to me first before they actually embrace a company the company mm-hmm. so that also was a motivation for me to say okay now i'm a role model now i'm teaching people how to be like me so i got to change my whole everything so absolutely i started working i started working hard i did so well and i embrace i embraced it that they promoted me and was like we're, we're gonna send you to florida went to yeah. miami the Miami thing, learned the Miami culture, which is a whole different vibe,
0: by the way. I love. Did you it. like it? I've never been to Miami. I feel like I'm so behind. You know, that's like the the, the city girl turn up. I have not been to Miami yet. I need Miami to, to step my game up.
1: <laughs> my, Miami is something that everybody should go at least once.
0: Yeah, Miami I'm going to try it out. You have
1: to. You have to at least experience that at least once in your life. Or maybe even twice, because you're going to do the tourist thing, and then you're going to have to do the actual Miami thing. Right, which is different. Turn out. You, you got to do two different things, two different types. And Miami taught me a lot, too. It, Miami was an eye-opening experience for me, because it looks beautiful. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's also um, superficial, artificial. Yes, yeah, it seems very fast. It's oh. not city, but it seems oh, very boy. fast-paced to me. It's a lot of scamming going on. It's probably the scam capital of the world. (laughs) Um,
1: I had to learn these things as I went. Mm -hmm. Um, I met a lot of different types of people. And Miami is very Espanol, very Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so there's different types of different people from all over the world in Miami. And that also taught me a lot. But it also taught me that I needed to be more aware of my surroundings because it looks pretty, but it's not pretty all the way pretty in Miami, right. the people from Miami probably agree with me on this, on this shit right here, and, but
0: I, they'll I, never they, say it online, <laughs> they, they
1: probably will though, because Miami in itself, is its own little world, and there's a lot of people there that have never even been outside of Miami, and there's people that are, there are Miamians, and they mm-hmm. are dying to leave, there's so many people that are dying to leave Miami, because it's, it's uh, in, in a sense, it's a little ignorant, I mean, it's Florida at the end of the day, yeah, and it's a little ignorant. So when I when I transitioned from Miami to Virginia because of work as well, it was a big opening experience for me because now I learned over here it's a bit slower. People yeah. are very you know, in Virginia, for me, this is my opinion, no shades on anybody. But I felt like a lot of people in Virginia were very pretentious. And they mm-hmm. were like, you know, I work over here. I do this. Or I own this. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm from Harlem. My family in the projects. I'm making the same amount of money as you doing. But Type I'm it here. Down. What's up? Yes. How you doing? You, do they got any Hennessy?
0: Like that's, <laughs> where the Henny that's at? The, where the Henny at? That's, that's where I came <laughs>
1: from. And everybody looking at me like, what's up with this girl? This girl's weird. She's mm-hmm. too much. She's ratchet. But then when it was time for me to present, they got a whole different person. And they were like, "Wow, like, okay, now I know why you're here. Now I know why you're at this table." Right. And I was, and that's meant a lot to me. And also because me having anxiety, depression, um, and also a lot had to do with work too, because work is stressful. Um, having PTSD and being the person that I am, I don't really have the education that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. I just have experience. I just know how to make. How
0: to do what to do with one and two and three yes, and, and other that is don't key know how to do that. again, that was a whole word for everyone listening. <laughs> you have to know what to do with the one and two and the three, like she said. yes yes, <laughs> I love
1: you that have, you have to because at the end of the at the end of the day, like New York brews and and, and like we
0: we born we're born hustlers. Yes. It you takes cannot... me back to that. Sorry to cut you off, but it takes me back to that meme when it's like you're gonna let it a crackhead out hustle you today? Because they're no. going out to get it by any means necessary. Ooh. It's like how hungry are you really for Ooh. what you want? Yeah.
1: Listen, you know, I wish I could tell you that I always been hungry, but it's not true. Um I, I haven't always been hungry. I, it's mm-hmm. like I get these these bursts that I'm like, ooh, I'm on my shit. I'm doing what I got to do. And then I get the other burst that I'm like, uh... I
0: Let don't me know slow I down wanna... a little. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I don't know if I want to be on the spotlight. I just
0: mm-hmm. want to be a regular
1: duggler. Same girl, I really
0: yes. Wanna... I just want to
1: make my money come home, do it again tomorrow. But then I was like, that's not who I am. I'm not basic. I'm not that person, and I just been working towards it. Right now, the podcast is something that I'm very focused on. Um, mm-hmm. My personality, putting it out there, and to be a part of different projects is something that I'm very focused on. Um, I also want to meet different types of people, like yourself. I think you're awesome. Thank and you. I think that I think I love, you're super. Dope I love too. what you're doing. I love the consistency that you've been bringing. Um, I think that you should also. Um, keep in mind that you are your, the most powerful being there is because nobody's you.
0: Absolutely. And Thank you. You need, you need to, yeah.
1: make, you, you
0: need to always think that, always remember that. I need, I need that. I think we all need that every day. And you said something earlier and I meant to stop you, but you were so in your flow and it was good girl. <laughs> but um you were talking about how people was telling you how you're so beautiful and you're this light and you're so lit and you're so bomb. And it's like, thank you. But inside, it's like mm-hmm. stone. You don't know how many times, for a very long time, for months this year, I was like the saddest I've ever been in my whole life. It was crazy. I felt Damn. like my whole world was crumbling and just Damn. like it was world. It was weird. But at the same time, on the front end, I was still doing everything. I was still everywhere. I was still working. I was still a mom, still doing my podcast, even though my mood was like shot I was over it and it's so it's it's very important that you said that because yeah it's important that you said that because compliments do mean something don't get me wrong but you as a person have to be whole in yourself it's you could yeah, those likes the likes and the compliments don't mean anything if you don't feel good about yourself so you can be the most yeah you can be the most beautiful is beautiful is not a word i keep saying that we're making that a word here on the 30 girl podcast you can be the most beautiful girl in the world but if you don't feel that way about yourself every (laughs) no comment no guy no nothing no business no dollar is ever going to change your mood you have to be your own fucking mood period absolutely let's just say that
1: period
0: period sus.
1: May
0: the ch- May the church say amen. Amen. Hey. So what messages do you have for people who have, um, I think it was last month where it was like childbirth. Um, it's happening right now in October. Oh, okay. Okay. So what is October. your message for, there's so, so um, many women going through this. And then on top of that, um, you, were, you were 30 or right at the peak of 30. Yeah. Uh, we did have conversations. I know you were like, you were old. You felt like you were old and it's like, how, did that take you back? How do you feel about life now and being wanting, you know, a relationship and being a mom? And is that something you want now or are you I just you, still doing you? I, I knew that question was coming. Um, <laughs> listen, um, right now I'm in a
1: relationship and it's probably the most non-toxic relationship I've ever been in my life.
0: Um, clap. He, yeah, I clap for that. <laughs> yes. He's, he's older, there are good men you know, out here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He. He's older, he's more mature than me, but I was looking for somebody that's more mature than me that could teach me something different Mm -hmm. and keeps me on the straight and narrow, and he does that. Um, We have our differences, then we're still working that out because we're so different from one another, but I also think that that's what makes us great. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're working on that, and it's it's solid. It's solid. We love each other. Um, I'm not sure if in the future... I do want to be a mom just yet, though. Yeah. I go through my days where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I want a baby. I want a family. And, you know, my boyfriend has kids and I don't have a child. So it's like, you know, he's open to that, too. Like, he's like, okay. whatever you want to do. If you want to have a child, let's do it. If you don't,
0: okay. That's fine, too. That's awesome. And I appreciate that from him.
1: Um, but I just don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, for me, I feel like I'm not I'm not there with the, the dreams and the aspirations that I want to accomplish, just mm-hmm. yet. Um, but at the same time, I, I I know a lot of badass moms like yourself and other people that are making shit happen. Yeah. While while they're a parent and nurturing their home and nurturing their spouse or or their significant other, so mm-hmm. that's motivation. I'm like, okay, I could do this. If they could do it, I could do yeah. this.
0: But and I, no one's I journey is forth, the same. Though. It looked like peaches and cream, but <laughs> baby, let me, especially this. My daughter's 10, so she's in between that, like, tween stage, I guess, and she's, she really don't have time for me anymore, so it's kind of, (laughs) like, bittersweet, where it's like, I'm like, do you want me to pick your clothes up? She's like, no, you can get out my room. (laughs) So we're going through that, like, stage now, and it's different, and then I am full-time entrepreneur now, so I'm, I'm home, and I haven't been home like before she went to school and after she went to school since. And if I, if I was, it was for short time. It's been since she was really, really young, but I think this journey for me has been um, amazing and it's a completely different journey from what I've taken in the very beginning stages of me being a young mom. Cause I was 22 okay. when I had my daughter. So I think I consider that young, even though I graduated went to college and I did live a little before I had her. I still think that um, we we grew together or she grew with me. Let, let me say that. Now we grew that's together because we're not friends. Let me make that clear. She grew yes. with me. Yeah. So. I think that's pretty awesome though. And
1: it, it, it probably happened in a young, it is young, but mm-hmm. I think it's awesome that the fact that, you know, this is what your cards were and the fact that, you know, you brought a daughter to your life and I know that she's probably everything to you. And, that also transformed you, transform you as a person to where you are right now because yes. you do have a 10-year-old daughter yes. that's there and that's looking up to you and loves you and cares for you.
0: And that's crazy that you say that because I'm going to be honest. Um, yeah. at, 22, yeah, at 22, yeah, twenty two. at 22, having a kid and then I was with, who I thought at the time that you know you all you always thought that that was gonna be who you were gonna be with forever, but that mm-hmm. just it didn't that didn't work out for me. So I was a baby mom, you know what I mean. So that's not something yeah. that I ever wanted for myself, and yeah. I kind of rebelled for a little bit, and not a rebelled in a way that I didn't handle my business. I still made really good, really 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 good money money for a twenty two year old. I was working at a base in Lexington Park, um, but I was hanging out a lot. A lot of, I still did mom stuff, but I still lived for like a a lot of the years of, you know, the beginning of my daughter, her early years, I still lived a lot. So I didn't get that hustle in me until she got old enough to understand, I guess, or to see that I was getting dressed to go out or something like that. You know, it was, it was like later. And I think I got I, I became older too. I became a 30 girl. So it's just age. Age and experience. Where did you go out in Lexington Park? Let's be Girl, let's let me that tell world. you. Hole in the Wall clubs. <laughs> and we used to have a good time. Let me tell you. Those are you. the best. Those are the best. <laughs> hole in the Wall clubs. We used to have a good time. The memories, the memories. I, yes. I, I've been there, so I know exactly what
1: you're talking about. <laughs> Telling the bouncer that you're 22, but you are actually 18.
0: I've yes. been there. and you know I've what's so there. crazy? I never done that. I was like, <laughs> I was so green all the way up until, and I really think that's why like so much bad stuff happened to me because I was such a naive girl until I got with like my friends. I love my friends, but y'all turned me into this little sass. <laughs> y'all gave me my spice. I always had it, but I was dumbed down uh for a little bit so question did did you grow up
1: in a church or like um your family is very spiritual
0: i actually i'm born and raised catholic so yes i did grow up in a church catholic church i went to sunday school we did bible study during the week i did um all of my communions my everything so very catholic but the older i got and i would say it started early In high school, I started hanging with my friends and they were a part of a church. So I started going to Christian churches. This was the first time I've ever been in a church where people sang, Mm. like outside of a choir. I I may have been in like, um, and I, I take that back. I did go to church with my dad, but he was Catholic too for a while before he switched. But it was different. Like they were singing and dancing and people were catching the Holy Ghost and it was just different. For me, the mm. the pastor was preaching completely different, but I loved it. I did. I loved it. It was completely different. So that's I, what made I me know. sway away from the 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 Catholics. I'm still Catholic, baptized, or I haven't that's been right. christened and anything, but I do my own thing now. I'm I, not really. I, you know.
1: The... The reason why I asked you that is because you were telling me, you know, you were so naive, you were green, until Mm -hmm. your friends showed you and, and like, opened that up for you. And usually that's because you come from a church, you come from a a very religious family, or you have, like, some sort of structure, or, like, this is wrong, and this is right.
0: And even though
1: though this wrong part over here might not be as wrong as they they mm-hmm. think it is but that was that's the way i grew up too like i was about to do my my first communion and my grandmother came in opened the door in church and was like telling everybody that they're hypocrites and grabbed me by my arm and told me to get out of there so i didn't even finish doing it because oh, my grandmother no. kidnapped me from yeah. my first commun- my my christening and i think or my first communion or something like that and took me out. i was like eight years old i think yeah, and i remember it,
0: it she was mormon right
1: my grandmother was evangelist. My, okay. my father and um, maybe like a, a cousin or two, they're Mormon. And my mom was in it for a bit. Uh, but my mom didn't. I always wonder why my mom wasn't as devoted as my dad mm-hmm. was. And because they kept their troubles like hitting. So my mom is like, I'm not going to go to church with a hypocrite. So she stopped going. Oh, Mm. Yes.
0: Ooh, Cause that's my deep.
1: father. Because my father was the pastor. He yeah, was the, uh, he was pretty much the the bishop up there. And yes, he was very devoted to the church. Yes, mm-hmm. he loved it. Yes, he did everything that he needed to do for the church. But as a man, and as a father, as a relationship, that that was a whole different person.
0: And she wasn't about to live both of and, those lives with him.
1: Correct. And I couldn't see it because I was young. I, didn't, I I didn't. I knew there was something off, but I just mm-hmm. didn't know how bad it
0: right and you said that was your mom
1: um, yeah my mom was just like I'm not going to go to church I'm not going to go and worship the Lord I'm going to love the Lord and I'm going to pray and I'm going to do mm-hmm. what I got to do but not if it's you running it right and that's what happened wow yeah my parents got divorced at 18 years old I was 18 and my mom always wanted to wait for us mm-hmm. like to for that divorce and I, I i remember when i was seven i was like ma you know if you want to leave him leave him i'm okay with getting to Christmases. i'm okay getting to birthday games. right
0: like i'm not missing out on anything
1: because <laughs> i could tell that my mom was not happy i just could mm-hmm. tell, and i was just like let's leave him and my mom was like no because my mom was already um this is her second marriage you know, she has previous, you know, my brother and my sister, yeah. and she didn't want to go through that again, because my grandmother put it in her head, like, you know, you're not supposed to go from man to man. So she waited, and unfortunately, the when she waited, I was 17 years old, I was already in college in um, SUNY Old Westbury in Long Island, New York, mm-hmm. and I came home one time for um, for the weekend, I just started, like, probably not even, like, two months in, and I just started school, I came back home, and that's when I don't know my father and my mom. I guess because me not being there, kind of the tensions kind of grew even deeper. And it's just my mom was over it like, okay, she's already in college, she's already out of high school. Like, oh, oh, like I'm gonna show who I mm-hmm. am, and you, I'm not gonna take your shit no more. So, my father at the time, he came home one day. It was just one day that he wasn't just wasn't in the right state of mind, and he was angry. Um, My brother just recently moved in with us, which is not his son. So Mm -hmm. a lot of attention was going towards my brother, not my father.
0: Oh, okay. He wasn't
1: feeling feeling okay with that. And then, boom. Um, One day he asked, like, oh, what's your mother cook today? My mother doesn't cook. At the time, she didn't. Mm -hmm. Because my grandmother was the one that would come downstairs from the third floor, cook us dinner, and then go back upstairs. But my grandmother wasn't feeling well that day, so there was no food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we, we were okay with that. My mom went to food shopping with my brother. Um, I was in the in, in the house. My dad came. He, wasn't, he was being weird, and I knew, and I felt it. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm going to go get something to eat. Do you want something to eat? I was like, no, thank you. I'm okay. So he left. And then my mother came with my, with my brother and was like, hey, come and help us with the groceries. And I said, hey, Ma, you know, watch out because I think that is being weird today. I don't yeah. know what's wrong with him.
0: But That's good you picked off. up on that. Yeah.
1: There's something off. And my mom was like, ah, don't pay no mind to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, don't, come over here and help me with the groceries. My brother was like, come help her. And I'm going to take my girlfriend back to, I'm going to drop her off at home and I'll be back. So my brother left. And it's just my mom and I, then my father walks in and starts arguing about like, oh, you think I'm a piece of shit? You didn't even cook today. There was no food for me today. Mind you, he knew that my mother did not, wasn't the person that did that. It was Mm -hmm. my grandmother. But he just wanted to pick a fight because he was feeling some type of way. He was jealous, I think. And they started arguing. I walked away. I was like, yeah, I I don't got time for this. I was mm-hmm. already getting ready to go to my friend's house, and then I hear a smack, and then I hear punch, and then I hear things breaking in the living room, and I run over there trying to help my mother, and my mom and I, we pretty much just started beating up my dad and, like, get off of her. My father did not want to hit, hurt me, and mm-hmm. I know that now. He just kept pushing me away, pushing me away, like, get out of here. It's not with you. Right. He just kept, kept hitting my mother, and my mother kept hit, hitting back, Cause she's, my mom's Debo. Mm-hmm. see <laughs> Debo. so my mother kept hitting back and i I was defending her, and I kept going and hitting my father, telling him to stop and then one time, I guess I got so annoying to him that uh-huh. he grabbed me and just pushed me, and when he pushed me, I landed on on glass, and it was like an entertainment system that we had in our house, it was filled with glass. It was like, mm-hmm. you know what you put the china in yeah um, that I felt right on it. And it took my left arm and it stabbed me in my left side. Um, I didn't realize what was happening because my adrenaline was still going. Mm -hmm. Um, It was during the time where in New York, um, the Bloods were doing a lot of gang initiation. So they told a lot of people to stay home um, for Halloween. It was around this time, actually. And they were like, when it was time for me to go and look for help. You know, there was nobody in sight in Harlem, New York. There was nobody because everybody was scared because it
0: was all the yeah, news come and stuff.
1: I was screaming. I was like, help, help, help. My father at the time, because we come from a a, a Spanish culture, or I don't. I know that the African-American community is like that, too, because yeah. I grew up in Harlem. All, all, pretty much all my friends are black, too. Um, we all kind of, I grew up in the culture. I get it. I've been in these families. I've been on all that stuff. So I get it. And a lot of the stuff that, you know, we were taught that whatever what pro- happens, family problems happens. you got, yep. you got to leave it inside, you, you know, you got to leave it in the house, mm-hmm. you know. And my father was trying to like compile some sort of like story to tell the cops and the doctors. And I was just like, nah, you, you're not going to get away with this. And I was losing blood like crazy and nobody was outside. My mom, we were at, like probably like five streets away from the hospital, but it was five long streets mm-hmm. and I knew my mom knew that I wasn't going to be able to make it to walk all the way over there so she just started screaming hysterically looking for somebody to help me and then somebody was passing by and was like hey what's going on and I'm like <laughs> dude call nine one one! like I'm dying and he was like okay the, the ambulance took forever to get there mind you only five streets away it took 20 minutes for the ambulance to get to arrive
0: that's crazy
1: I was already falling asleep I was already so weak and my mom put me over a fire hydrant and put like the clothes that we had hanged up um, to dry. She, she gave me that to tie myself up with that. And I, where's your dad
0: up. at this time?
1: My dad at this time, we rebuilt our relationship and he's in New York city. Um, we have a good relationship now. So I want to make sure that the, the, the listeners are know that part. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a, an experience like no other. Um, I, I was very angry with him for a lot of years, but then I realized a lot of things and I also realized that he made a mistake and he didn't, it was an accident
0: that yeah, turned him to worse. He didn't, want to hurt worse. You.
1: He, did, he didn't mean to hurt me, but he did. And I don't think he even meant to hurt my mother, but it's just the way he felt at that time. He wasn't able to control it. Mm-hmm. And what, after I, we had a conversation a heart to heart, my father and I, we're in a really good place right now.
0: That's good. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. So yeah. do um, so. You're the only kid by my mom and dad. Okay. Yeah. And is he in Maryland, or is your mom and dad both still in New York?
1: All my family and friends are all in New
0: York. I'm here by my lonesome. By um... your lonesome in Potomac, <laughs> Mar- So do you watch the House of Potomac, uh, Real House, I... the, the House of Potomac, Real Housewives of the Potomac?
1: Yeah, um, I seen it before. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really heavy into it because I'm all about Atlanta. And, you know, I got to have me some Yes, the drama. I got to have me some (laughs) meanie. Bloop. And I just, it was a little boring to me, but I knew about it. Um, I decided to move to Maryland from Virginia because I made a friend here. She's awesome. She was like, hey, come over here. We'll be closer. You will have somebody. Um, And she's amazing. So I decided to come to Maryland. I started living in Rockville, Maryland, and now I'm living in Potomac, and I'm just putting myself in the neighborhood. I'm yes. putting myself in at the table. I'm putting myself with the right people because yes. I just feel like it's really good for me and my growth and my development of what I mm-hmm. want to do. So I'm putting myself in the neighborhood.
0: At yes. Least, yes. And you're doing be. all that yourself. Yes. And you've been on the run from Miami to Virginia to... Now Maryland. Yes. Doing your thing. And what's, what's your end game? Like, what's your ultimate goal? In the next five or ten years, where should we see Nellie Nails?
1: Well, Nellie Nails is going to be um, one of the number one podcasts out there. Yes. Gonna, I want to turn my, what, how do I explain this shit to my mom into a TV show one day. Um, I really do also want to work with artists. Um, I'm really big into music. Um, I'm not, I, I don't sing, I don't rap, I don't do beats or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I always wanted to work with artist development. I wanted to, I love to see our artists, um, be one way now and be able to develop into somebody iconic. And I would love to be
0: a part of that. I would Ooh. love to be a part of that girl. Yeah. That's and, amazing. Yeah. Like I love all types of And music. that's a person really, like there's a, a brand, a brand strategist, like there is a name for that. There is. Or and you could just do your own. Yeah, there you go. That's, I don't know. <laughs> but it's your lane. It's your lane. And I can totally see you doing it and killing it in, in that field. Thank
1: you. I, 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 never done it before, but, um, I always been like, my friends are rappers, you know, I have friends that are rappers, people that mm-hmm. sing, um, I have people that are actresses or models. Uh, one of my homegirls has a lingerie company, shout out to Bitter Cupcakes. And it's just, it's, 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 I'm putting myself in a, in a position where my friends are doing so great I'm in a neighborhood that's like the richest area in Maryland only because I. I it's not about the money for me and I want to mm-hmm. make sure people know that it's not about the money because I've noticed that I had a penthouse apartment in Virginia and in Arlington, Virginia and it was great but I was miserable
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when I started downsizing, downsizing and being more humble I realized that I was happier and yeah. So it's not about the money, but I do want to be able to be financially independent. Um, I want to be able to give to others that are in need. Um, I'm really big on that.
0: I always mm-hmm. said that if I if I got it, I'm gonna be able to help somebody else. Yes, and absolutely. And that's really I'm, what it's about. It's not, not for you to keep it to keep to yourself. And that's what you think about all of anyone who's an artist in any form. That's really what they're their gift is to give others whether it be the gift of music or word or paintings or writing or their their work is really to help others and I think that's what yeah for even in podcasting I know that's what I want for people to listen to my podcast and for it to to resonate with them and help them in some kind of way it won't everyone listening won't take away what I feel like they should take away from it but it will hit home for most in some way shape or form
1: absolutely especially with what you're doing you know you you're teaching people about financial freedom you're teaching people about uh, you you know being a a business person and really building something from the ground up that says a lot and not a lot of people know where to start and the fact that you're able to create that platform come on man that's 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 impressive that's what's up
0: yes and i don't want people to um because I do have followers who have watched me grow and who are still watching me grow people, my friends and family and stuff. I don't want y'all to think or anyone to think that this is what you're supposed to do. And this is how it's supposed to go or whatever, because that's everything that looks good ain't good. We all know that, but whatever makes you happy, it's about being Mm -hmm. yourself and, you know, tapping into who you really are and being who you are, whether it be behind a desk or folding boxes or driving trucks, rapping like, singing so you want to shake ass it's whatever whatever makes ooh, you happy
1: shaking <laughs> ass makes me happy sometimes i'm not gonna lie
0: yes especially on friday nights when you're around and y'all i had a couple drinks in the day i'm not but... gonna lie <laughs> in yes 10
1: years i'm telling you kisha you you're you're gonna be great you're gonna be amazing I'm going to be amazing. And we're, yes. we're going to put on other people as well so they can be amazing too. And that's yeah. really the power. That's the power that we need. And it's, it's really not about the money, but we're going to get to the bag one way or another.
0: Yes. And a- another thing, I'm glad that you're saying that because I want to be able to come back seven years from now, five years from now, even one year from now. Things are happening for people overnight. Um, you could go viral today. <laughs> In the next five minutes, it- it's happening. But I want my platform to be for regular us, regular girls. You know, you have those Instagram bays with the baddest bodies or you see those Instagram. Yeah, that those Instagram influencers, (laughs) the other entrepreneurs, the other bloggers, the other people who are doing the exact same thing that we're doing, except they have a higher following or can get more clout or could pay for it or using cpn numbers to scam some things to get some things to make it look like they got it going on but i just want my platform to be for us regular girls for us to for us to know that we're not alone we all go through the same it's it just it just burns different i guess it feels the same let me take that back the hurt is the same it's just everyone's situation is different that's all and that's really what i want people to take away from here even my uh, guests. So I'm just happy. One, I love to hear that people that I don't know listen to my podcast and like it. I'm, I am still get like craze about that. I'm like, really? You really like it? <laughs> so corny with it. <laughs> they like it. Yes. They love
1: it. And they're going to love this episode too because two women get, got together and We're both trying to make something out of ourselves. And on top of that, we both have different personalities. Mm -hmm. We both had our struggles, and we're still working on it, and we're going to get better and better.
0: Absolutely. So, again, Nellie, thank you so much for being a part of my dream while we're still pursuing our dreams. I know you're still tapping into everything amazing that you're going to be. Even, I mean, just like you said, that C was a CNN. It's NBC. NBC. Sorry. Don't get it twisted. It's that, okay. means C- that means CNN is coming, honey. That's <laughs> all. That's where we're calling it. Yes. That's all we're doing. You put, you put, it, in. out into, yes, you put it
1: out into the universe.
0: Yes. So, I, I wouldn't
1: mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all.
0: Yes. Just remember this episode, sis. And, you know, throw me a ticket to the show or something.
1: I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, yeah. I, I want to say thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to work with you and really introducing myself out there because not everybody knows who I am just yet but trust Mm -hmm. me, they're going to know who's Nelly now. They're going to know how do I explain this shit to my mom and they're going to see all their different projects from me and people are going to notice and if, hey, I I, I can only be me. This is who I am and I hate it or love it. This is what I bring to the table and it's just going to get better and just fuck with me and then we're going to be able to
0: do right. Yes. Yes, go follow her, by the way. She's super dope on both <laughs> pages. Go ahead and let everyone know where they can follow you. She's got a new light, so she going to be showing off for the next couple <laughs> of weeks. <laughs> I just want to warn y'all. I just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, every, everybody follow me at Life of Radiohead on Instagram, or you can follow me on How Do I Explain This Shit to My Mom. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm also on Facebook with How Do I Explain This Shit to My Mom. If you guys want to go on that platform, I'm here, I'm available. Follow me.
0: Yes, the super spicy Nellie Nails. Thank you so much for being a part of the 30 Girl Podcast. We will be in touch in the near future. All of her description will be, um, all of her description, all of her information will be in the description below. And I, we, we're making flyers. We're going to promote this. You're going to follow her. So she's a part of the fam now. You'll be a part of her fam. How do I explain this shit to my mom? Life of a radio head. Thank you, Nellie, so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Yes. right